Hello and welcome to another episode of The Evanation Show. The month of August is wrapping up, and that means people are going back to school. I personally am not going back to school. That part of my life is over. But in what has become inadvertently a recurring segment on this show, I reconnect with people from my time when I was in school, either through high school or Waldorf. Uh, I, if, you were, if you're a long-time listener, I, I've reconnected a couple times with Cody Clark. I've reconnected with Marissa Donnelly, and now uh, I have the uh, third space in my uh, Waldorf uh, classmate bingo card. It's uh, Claire, Claire Lawson. Uh, she, we were at school in the same at the same time. She was a women's soccer player, communications major, and was just kind of had her hands in everything. And so you are. Uh, she's from Florida, still is in Florida, and. By the magic of the internet, we are able to have this conversation right now. So, Claire, uh, how are you feeling right now? Um, pretty tired, actually. I mean, not like my body is just tired. It's been a long day. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm back in Florida. I actually just recently got back to Florida in April. Before that, I was in Atlanta for the last two and a half years. So I'm glad to be back in South Florida, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what was Atlanta like? I imagine that has to be like an absurd cost of living, but Florida isn't exactly cheap either. Yeah, no. Well, Atlanta's definitely cheaper than Florida, that's for sure. Um, but you know, without getting into too much detail, Atlanta was definitely not my favorite city um, to live in. I didn't live in the city city of Atlanta. I lived about thirty minutes outside of the main city. Um, in a couple different places during my time there. Um, one amazing thing, though, that did come out of it, uh, my partner and I started a youth development soccer training company um, where we teach kids how to play like professionals starting at as young as six years old. We treat them like little professionals throughout their training um, and we just teach them everything that they need to know in order for them to excel in the sport and in life, if that's what they so choose. And before that, you were also a, uh, a soccer player. And yes. So what was that? Uh, how exactly did, did that start? And how did you wind? How did you go from sunny palm tree, South Florida to I'm going to go freeze my ass off in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> Iowa for four years while I learn while I go to school? Yeah, so actually it's it's a funny story. Well, kind of funny. Um I don't really know exactly who saw me or scouted me or found me, but my senior year of high school, um I went to a high school that wasn't well known for their sports. And because of that, I was never really guided through the whole process of if I wanted to be a collegiate athlete, what I should do as far as getting video and reaching out to coaches and, you know, everything that you should do if you want to play in college, any sport. So uh, it was pretty much left up to just scouts who came to see other players. And I guess at one game, someone saw me and knew who the head coach at Waldorf at the time reached out to him, said, hey, I think I found a player for you, gave him my information. He contacted me, and that was the 
first university that offered me a scholarship pretty much on the spot because I wasn't financially able to go out and visit a lot of the schools that um, I was being looked at by. So that's how it happened. And then I ended up in Iowa, Northern Iowa, which I'm not a, um, I'm not a stranger to Iowa. I actually lived in Southern Iowa in Fort Madison from, I think I was maybe like six months old or something like that. Maybe a year old when I moved there from Cleveland. And then I was eight years old when I moved down to South Florida. So I kind of knew what I was getting into, but not really. (laughs) <laughs> How much arm twisting uh, was needed on the part of uh, com- moving essentially cross country when you're 18, when arguably at that time you probably need your parents the most? I mean, I, um, I don't know how everyone else feels about it, but I'm just speaking for me. But Honestly, there was none. I was like literally jumping out the door. Uh, I didn't even apply to any schools in Florida because I knew that I didn't want to go to school in Florida, even though there are amazing schools here. Um, And I probably wouldn't be in debt right now had I stayed in Florida. But um, I just really wanted to get out. I wanted a new experience. I wanted to, you know, just meet people that I otherwise probably would have never met and yeah that could have happened in Florida as well but um I was in I was looking for culture shock and I definitely got culture shock by moving all the way to northern Iowa how did you ever have like that realization moment of why did I do this I need to go home like that happens to every that happens to most people where they just wake up one day and you're like what have I done? Why am I here? I, I just want to go home. Absolutely. It was freshman year, the second semester. And um, I had a swim class at 730 in the morning. This is like January, February, we're talking about swim class, 730 in the morning. I had no idea what the weather was like at that time of year up there. And I just remember one day I was walking back from the field house. For those of you who don't know uh, Waldorf campus, we um, shared a pool with the local YMCA, which was all the way at the back of the campus. And so I had to walk from the back of campus all the way to the front of campus for my next class, which is about, I would say, like a 15 minute walk, depending So a piece of my hair got like stuck outside of my hat. And when I finally got to the atrium, it was literally frozen, like frozen solid. I had heard people talk about hair being able to freeze before, but that was the first time I ever experienced it. And at that moment, I was like, why am I up here? I need to go back home to Florida. I'm not ready for this. Well, (laughs) just be happy you weren't here earlier this year when like the polar vortex thing happened. When oh yes. We I had we had minus sixty wind chills to the point where the entire state shut down. The governor of Iowa said, Look, if you go outside, you might die. Like you'll get frostbite in five minutes. It was it was horrible. It it was uh it was not it was not a fun time, so at least be proud that you weren't there for minus sixty degree wind chill. And the entire state was basically shut down for about a week in like mid-March. Yeah, 
definitely glad that I was not there for that. <laughs> but but also you guys have to deal with hurricanes, so I think it's a fair trade-off. Agreed. Definitely agreed. Uh, as someone who's never lived or been to Florida, uh, what is that like having to prepare for like a hurricane? Is it like sort of our version of tornadoes where people are like, oh, just okay, yeah, whatever. Like if it shows up, if it shows up, it shows up. Or is it treated like a serious thing? Um, you know, I think it, there's definitely some similarities there just because like any, for anybody, wherever you live, like if you live in Florida and it's, you know, it's hurricane season, or if you live in tornado Valley and you know, it's tornado season, or you live in California, you know, it's wildfire season, you know, when you're, when you're there and you you live there, you kind of just know how things are going to play out regardless of how media outlets and things make them seem and appear. Uh, so in that regard, I think, yes, we have the same mentality. Sometimes we're like, oh, whatever. If it shows up, it shows up. Um, but at the same time, like when we do know that it's going to be serious, it's like all hands on deck, everybody helping neighbors get their shutters up, get their yards cleared, um, lock things up, making sure everybody has supplies and everything. So it's kind of nice community comes together, you know, it, it really does. Uh, last summer, uh, our community had a flash flood where there was a viral video of the turf Waldorf football field looked basically like a waterbed. Like there were giant bubbles of water that moved because we had so much rain in one area. And within probably about an hour uh, on the local radio, it was, Hey, if you can safely get to the high school, we're building sandbags. And my neighbor had a chainsaw and he was, he just spent the whole day just driving around, cutting off limbs for people's trees and hauling them away. So when these things happen, communities do come together and it's, it, it's, I don't want to say the word fun because it doesn't really fit here, but it's yeah. it's satisfying to see that when things go south in, in ways like that, everyone just kind of rallies together and makes it a little bit easier on everyone else. Yeah, as it should be. As it should be. Uh, you graduated right around the same time as I did in 2015, 2016? 2014. Uh, 2014. So you were a year before me. So what... Walk me through what happened between the second you got that diploma in 2014 to right now as we're recording this. Uh, well, I still haven't got my diploma. I'm not sure why, <laughs> but it never ended up at my house. So Five years later, it, you still don't have it? Yeah, nope. Still don't have it. I have no idea what happened to it. I have moved quite around quite a bit since then. Um so, yeah, if anyone from the admissions department at Waldorf is listening, if you could contact me, that'd be great. Um, but besides that, um, I think like most um, newly graduated college kids, I struggled to find work for a while. And uh, my first job after graduating, I was a bike taxi girl. Literally, I rode around um, downtown West Palm Beach with um, on a bike that had a little like two seater um, contraption on the back and I would bike people up and down the downtown area uh, for tips and it was actually a lot of fun. Um, I had some really good times there, lots of good experiences and some crazy ones as well. Um, from there, what happened? 
I had a few different odd jobs. I worked for the fair for a while, um, like in their main offices and in their ticket booth. And then I got a job at a salon. Uh, then I was in event design for a while. Um, let's see. After that is when I discovered yoga and started um, working at a studio down here. Actually, the same one that I'm at now after moving back. Um, and then, goodness, what happened after? And then kind of, I guess that's kind of where like my fitness journey really kind of took off. Um, I ended up moving to Atlanta for a couple of years. Like I mentioned earlier, started a business up there, Upper 90 Elite Soccer Training. Um, and now I'm back in Florida, starting up some more shit. So yeah, a lot has happened. <laughs> Nothing that I expected to happen, happened. But everything that's happened has been a good experience. Yeah, I think that's how it goes for most of us. We're like, well, I'm just going to graduate and everything will just work itself out. And then you just kind of look up and you're like, oh. Yeah, this this is this isn't working out the way I had imagined it at all. Yeah, and, and we all go through that. What the hell do I do with my life now? Phase and I've I'm, been through a couple of those already. I'm not <laughs> as firmly in it as I was. Um, uh-huh. I'm sl- I'm working my way. I'm working my way out of it. Uh, I kind of have like a vague idea of what I want to do with my life and then you just kind of you just kind of go from there and it's a lot of trial and error well okay that didn't work so i'm gonna try this okay that didn't work so i just gotta try this so yeah there's even when you're done with school you're not done learning and you're not done finding things out about yourself absolutely 26 year old me right now is a completely different person than 21 year old me when i was a senior at waldorf and let's be honest if i met 21 year old me i think i'd be i think I'd be kind of a dick. Like I would, I would be pretty annoyed with the 21 year old version of me. If I ran into him right now, I can agree with that. <laughs> I mean, I, that's not untrue. Uh, I had, uh, I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of growing up to do at that point in my life. And, uh, we all do. We yeah. all do. Uh, you also work, a little bit as a bit of a, a fashion model and a fitness model. Uh, how did that get started? Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's, that's more of kind of like my, my good time hobby, like my feel good hobby. Um, but I've always been fascinated with modeling ever since I was younger. Uh, I grew up watching America's next top model and I always wanted to be on that show. Um, uh, but now that I'm older and I found things out about reality TV and stuff, I'm like, okay, maybe not. But still, that's where really my love for modeling started. However, growing up with four brothers, I was a huge tomboy. Um, and really just like, I, I didn't really know how to be girly. You know, and I felt at that time in my life that in order to like, be a model or pursue modeling like you had to be a certain type of girl in order to do that or a certain type of person in order to do that um so I kind of just like pretended that I didn't want to do that and then um after college oh that's another thing I did so I also worked for this um 
this other production company that ended up being a huge flop and the guy was just like a huge scam artist. So I ended up doing all this work for this fake company um, and never got paid for it. However, I did get to do a photo shoot with a professional photographer from Venezuela um, as one of these random compensations for the work that I did. And it was that moment after that shoot that I was like, damn, I could totally do this. And so I made an account, I think, on like Model Mayhem or some other sort of like modeling website um, and just kind of started um, making contacts from there. I was out and about downtown one night uh, listening to my friend's band play and a photographer approached me and was just like, I really like your style. I'd love to do a shoot with you. We exchanged contact info and set up a shoot, I think, that next week. And that's really just kind of what set everything into motion. Um, but then when I moved to Atlanta, things kind of slowed a little bit. I didn't um, have the same community around me up there as I did down here. And it was a lot more challenging, especially from how far out from the city I was living to really kind of find the like the right community of like artsy people to really get involved with. But now that I'm back in South Florida, um, I've reconnected with a few of the old photographers and I am connecting with new photographers. So um, I should be having some new workouts soon. All right, let's back up a little bit. You yeah. Work, you, you worked for a fake company? Yes. That is like some, I got that's some fire fest type shit right there. Yes, it, but on a much, much, much smaller scale, but yes. What happened was, with that? So it was this company, I mean, they had like an ad out for um, like a production assistant or something like that. Um, it, no, it wasn't even an assistant. It was like a graphic designer, I believe. That was the title. Yes, because I ended up giving them a brand new logo. Like I created a brand new logo for them. I started doing a bunch of stuff and I was like, oh my God, yes, I found a job in the field that I went to college for, for success as an adult. <laughs> no, not so much. And then um, what happened was every two weeks, I was probably working with them for close to two and a half months, um, not getting paid because he kept telling me, oh, the money's coming, the money's coming, we just have to get this magazine done, because the whole time we were working on the launch of his first magazine, I don't even remember what the name of it was called, um, and so we were doing interviews, like, it really looked like shit was going on, like, we were doing interviews, we had people coming up from Miami, we were going down to Miami, um, but we were working in this really hot warehouse no ac barely any fans in the middle of the summertime in florida it was really rough and then finally i i don't even remember the guy's name even but i went to him i'm like look i cannot keep affording to drive up here three times a week and spend 12 hours here and not get paid like I don't have any money to put gas in my car to be able to do this anymore. And he was like, don't worry, you're going to get paid. You're going to get paid. And then I told him, well, until I get paid, like, I cannot come back up here. 
So then he tried to get me to come back in. Maybe this was probably like a week after that. And like tried telling me that I'm just an intern and that I was never on the payroll to begin with. And I was like, what? I was like, that was definitely not our agreement. So if you're listening, make sure you get your contracts written out and signed. Don't let it be a verbal contract. Get that shit in writing. Um, and it kind of just like all fell apart from there. I realized I was never going to get paid from this guy and that all my work was just going to be taken, whatever. So I just kind of cut my losses and walked away. And that's when I uh, found the bike taxi job. So what happened with the guy? Is he like, is, is he still, is he still out there doing whatever it is he's doing or? You know, probably maybe somewhere. Um, but, but I haven't really kept tabs on him. So I have no idea. <laughs> uh, so public service announcement. Whenever, like, get a contract written. Get, yes. Get, get a, a written get a contract. contract. Or some sort of way where they can keep track of whether where you actually worked for the guy. Yes, exactly. A, a, little, a little free tip. Don't for don't just don't just be naive like I was and be like, oh, he'll keep his word. Um, People will not keep their word just because you would do it for someone does not mean that they are going to do that for you. So get it in paper, writing, be professional. And save yourself. <laughs> well, I feel I feel terrible that wound up happening because uh, I wonder how many other broke college kids thought they had a job and then found out that oh, like this, and then it just petered out and then nothing ever happened and just how how worse off they would be uh, in that in that environment. Yeah, I feel like it might be kind of common that that happens. Young hopefuls getting their hopes and dreams crushed by reality. <laughs> well, at least you didn't show up to work and they were cheese sandwiches and FEMA tents. So just be happy you wasn't like yes. Firefest level stuff. Which, by the way, did you see yes. the documentaries on that? I did. I did, did see they that get documentary. That thing, how did they get that thing running for as long as they did? How did Finesse. No the, <laughs> see, the social media, it's a beautiful thing, but it can also be a very harmful thing. It all depends on the person that's using it and the intentions behind it. And it was like, just watching those is like, I mean, it's not funny because like, because a lot of people just got stuck in a desert Island, but come on, it actually is kind of funny. Like just looking at, at it now, it's like, this is insane. How the hell did these people pull this off? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'm just kind of no words flabbergasted. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's in jail for like 30-something years or something now. Um, the, the evidence on him was overwhelming at, the, at that point. Uh, uh, to go back to the to the model thing, uh, what is the s strangest thing like someone offered to do like or, or asked you to do, and did you take them up on it? Oh, my God. This was... This was very early in my quote-unquote career, I guess you would call it. Um, I absolutely did not take him up on it. And this is, like, this is, like, really, really weird. Parents, if your kids are listening, just tell them to go outside for a second because it's just awkward as hell. So I'm doing this shoot. 
uh, with a new photographer that I met off of one of the online forums. Um, and you know, sometimes you get a gut feeling and you just need to trust that gut feeling. I had a feeling, I was like, oh, this guy's kind of sketchy, but some of his pictures were like really, really awesome. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's just like these other models that he was using. Maybe it was just them. No, I think it was just this dude. He's he's the, he's out there. So what happened was, in the middle of a shoot, we were doing a beach shoot, um, a bathing suit, a swimsuit shoot at the beach, and he asked me if he could take a picture of me peeing on myself, and I was just like, I just stared at him, and I was like, "Excuse me." And he's like, "Oh, you don't have to answer me now." Uh, you can think about it. And I was like, um, I don't need to think about that. No, I'm not going to do that. And he was like, okay, well, just think about it. And I was like, okay. And then maybe 10 minutes later, he's like, so did you think about it? What do you think? And I was like, dude, I told you, no, I'm not doing that. Like, that that's not even a question. I'm not doing that. And he was like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, I'm absolutely sure. Um, and then it just got really awkward from there. And I'm pretty sure we ended the shoot like five minutes after that. I never even used any of the photos from that shoot or anything. Um, cause I, I'm pretty sure I just threw everything away that he gave me because it was just not a, not a good experience. It was super awkward, really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. That is the hardest no you've probably ever had in your life. That ever, like I was Again, in shock. I'm like, is this guy really asking this right now? I was so confused. Like, the audacity to ask something like that of... I was... I was just like, wow. I can't believe this is my life right now. But that definitely happened. Uh, that is... Um, I, I don't even know where to go with that. Yeah, we just, just change the subject, pretend like it never happened, and just... Move on, exactly what I did. Yeah, we're just going to move on and just be like, yeah, okay, that was weird. Let's just pretend that never happened. And then yeah. just move on to the and just move on to the next thing. Uh, I, I guess uh, there's, a, there's a lot of wisdom here for, for that kind of thing. Because when you take those kinds of jobs, there's, like, there's a lot of like trust and gut feeling that has to go into that kind of thing. So absolutely. Was there, and you, go ahead. Sorry. Was there ever a time where like you felt like eh, this guy's kind of weird. He's a bit sketchy like at first, but then you wound up ended up loving it and worked with them again. Um, so I guess one of my favorite photographers, his name is Ethan Dangerwing. Well, that's his photography name um, on Instagram. You can find him at, at vulture images. And I think it was just the fact that he was one of the first photographers that I was meeting online to do a shoot with. So I don't, I don't remember ever having a gut feeling like, uh, this is, he's a sketchy type of person. It was more of just like, um, initial nerves to see if like this was going to work out or whatever. But after meeting him, he is now one of my favorite photographers to work with. Um, he actually just received the Palm Beach County Photographer of the Year Award for 2019. So he's grown so much as a photographer. And I believe like he's helped me grow um, as a model as well. So 
I love working with him. Um, he has an amazing fiance who comes along on the shoot sometimes, and she's super awesome as well. So this has really helped me to like find not just people to work with, but like friends and artists in the community that like I can reach out to and actually consider a friend. Do you think that having that community has, has helped you just kind of as a person in your everyday life? I don't know how much like your modeling career applies to fitness, but do, do, does everything just kind of help each other out in that way? Absolutely. I think, I think really all of us, like no matter what it is that we do work-wise or hobby-wise, I think it all plays into each other because everything that we do is an extension of who we are um whether that's um, a good hobby or bad quote-unquote bad hobby whatever it is like everything we do is an extension of who we are so every area of our lives is going to somehow affect or influence all the rest of the areas of our lives and um doing the type of modeling that I do I do a lot of um, implied shoots. Um, I've done nude shoots as well, as long as, as well as swimwear and just like street style, which I really love too. Um, but that definitely helps keep me focused on my fitness. Um, cause I want to look my best so that I feel my best. And so that feeling is then portrayed through my pictures because honestly, as long as you feel good about yourself and how you look, no matter how it is that you actually look, you know what I mean? Um, that's going to show through your pictures or just like through your daily life when you're walking down the street and you smile at someone. When you feel good about yourself, it reflects out and shines out into the world. Look good, feel good, and I think that applies almost universally. Not not just like wearing clothes, but like just howing how you feel. And uh, I, I think that's you probably phrased it a lot better than I than I could. Well, and I also think that sometimes it's more important that we feel good first because sometimes we can definitely get caught up in physical appearances whether it's of ourselves or others or places or whatever it is um but regardless of how we may think that we look when we feel good about ourselves that helps us to be able to love how we look at ourselves if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, one, one last question before, uh, before we let you go and let you plug all your social media stuff. Uh, what is, uh, excuse me as I try and remember what it is I was going to say. <laughs> I, had, I had something and then I lost it and now I'm trying to get it. Oh yeah. Um, when, you, when it comes to like your fitness and your modeling and all the stuff you do, have you ever like been recognized by like just a random guy on the street of, Hey, I love that thing that you did. And, and if that happened, how did that make you feel? Um, not a random guy, um, but a girl did, um, she actually came into the yoga studio the other day and, uh, we had been friends on social media for a while, but never, um, I don't believe before that moment we ever actually like 
met in person and so we kind of like double checked and like looked at each other again to like a double take and she was like Claire and I was like Jasmine and we were like oh my god hi so nice to finally meet you like in person so that's definitely happened before and it's always nice um when you're recognized and when you're seen so yeah where can people find you on all the relevant social media stuff if they want to see some of uh, your fitness and modeling work? Yeah, um, the best for my fitness would be on Instagram. My handle is at Yogi Bear Fit, and that's B as in B-A-I-R-E, not like the animal. So Yogi Bear, B-A-I-R-E, Fit. And then for my art page, my more modeling stuff, it's at becoming bear again b-a-i-r-e both on instagram instagram's the shit i on facebook a little bit not that much i don't have twitter um i'm pretty much all instagram <laughs> so you can find me there at yogi bear fit or at becoming bear and i think that's a good place for us to to wrap up so claire thank you for uh donating a little bit of your your time today to uh sit down and just Kind of talk about what you've been doing ever since uh, we were in school together once upon a time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, reaching out to me. And I hope you have a great night, dude. Yep, thank you. Uh, so the if you want to listen to this in future episodes, uh, there's a few ways you can do that. We are now on Spotify. Uh, we're also on Apple Podcasts. And you can also find us on the Podbean app. So for Claire, I'm Evan Eichen saying so long and I'll see you next time.